Hi everyone, my name is Sajan Vucetic. This is Race and Racism. Uh, if you're taking this course, you're engaged or want to be engaged in efforts to promote deliberate and self-conscious anti-racist ideas and practices within groups, communities, institutions, and organizations to which you belong. One of those is this university and within it, this program and this course. So given that you all come to this place from all over, I thought it would be prudent to make this first session not simply about introductions, but also about positionality. And this refers to the recognition and declaration of one's own position in a piece of academic work. And you can tell that I'm interested in this from the title of the first reading for today, which is from a satirical website called Walking Eagle News. If you don't know it, you should. It's, it's really excellent. And the title of that piece is Indigenous People Relieved White Males Remain Arbiters of What Constitutes Racism. Teaching a class on anti-racist literacy is certainly a challenge for me. Uh, and I speak as a, as a male uh, racialized as white. In the U.S. I would be called white ethnic. And though I've done serious research on race and racism and world politics since I was a doctoral student, this does not automatically imply that I'm super qualified to teach this class. And I tried to deal with this challenge in a short blog, blog post written in 2017 called uh, Global IR and Global White Ignorance. And I signed it so that you can read it and it will give you a sense of how I understand my own positionality and also read it because it will set you up for our discussion next week on the role of the modern Canadian university as a traditionally white institution. The other blog reading for today is a July 2020 Duck of Minerva post by Abby Abramson published uh, uh, in a series on, on racism and racism in IR. It's entitled Racism in Social Science, Copy, Paste, Repeat, An Urgent Call to Action. As it happens, the author of this piece is here with me on the line. Hi, Abby. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing today? Doing well. How are things in New York? Um, as crazy as you can get. <laughs> still we are in, under lockdown and spending 24-7 inside the house. Thanks for joining me for this podcast. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, so what's your positionality and why did you feel the need to write this piece? So basically, uh, I'm a PhD student at New Ottawa. I work, I have been working um, uh, around the issues of uh, racism, race, and uh, how they affect uh, different uh, minorities. Um, um, so uh, I came by this piece because one of the students in, uh, in the class wrote a piece, as I said in the, um, in the blog post, um, about Black Lives Matter, arguing that the issue with blacks um, and um, um, African Americans in the U.S. The issue that they get more arrest, they get arrested more frequently, they get um, they put into prison more frequently is because uh, the issue is themselves is not like the white supremacy is not systematic racism is none of these things. And for, in order to justify uh, their position, um, the students uh, basically argued that there are other minorities, like um, West Indians minorities in the U.S., who are uh, far more successful, um, even though 
they can they they look um, to some extent similar to African Americans, people of the African American origins, um, at least to most white people, as they argue. Uh, so then I started uh, thinking about my own. Um, I was shocked when I read this uh, this this piece. I was shocked. And then I remembered my uh, master's um, uh, thesis advisor, um, who passed away a couple of years ago, Lily Link, um, uh, who, during one of the classes, uh, she was teaching us that the way that we see the world is because uh, the way that we see the world is constructed in a way that we were told to see the world. And the reality is a perception that we have because we learn this is the reality of the world. Even though, like, you know, I learned those lessons from her when I started my PhD and when I started, like, you know, um, talking about subject of IR, introduction to IR, I still, like, even when, I, when, we, start, when we started teaching the course, we started with Hobbes, we started with Rousseau, we started with the, the state of nature, and repeated what we were told that this is IR, this is how we have to understand IR. So, in part, I realized this is my problem, this is my fault that the students wrote such a, uh, such a paper with such a... Um, I, I say false argument. Mm -hmm. uh, so that is why I thought, okay, this is the time uh, with what's going on in the world um, to actually call an attention to the, to try to revise how we teach IR to 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 start our courses by saying that the creation of IR, the creation of political science was nothing to keep the inferior races out of the uh, out of the Western world, out of the U.S. The, I, as I mentioned in the piece, uh, the creation of Ph.D. Uh, um, uh, program in the U.S. was how to uh, keep the brown people outside. That's right. All the political scientists in, uh, like, you know, up until World War II was to justify, uh, contextualize, like, you know, how to justify these things, how to do research on that. They are, they, they, the more, like, you know, as uh, Robert Vitalis argues, that the darker they are, the less hope for them to become self-sufficient and uh, um, civilized. Yeah, no, this is a very important point, uh, but it doesn't really just apply to political science. It applies to all of social sciences, right? Uh, yes, that is true. That is, like, uh, that is true to both, uh, to all social sciences. Um, however, in my opinion, uh, more in IR, and, uh, and because IR has, I mean, you're right, because, like, you know, the other disciplines justify 
the positionality of IR mm -hmm. to be a racist. Right. <laughs> yes. And, and so what you're saying in the piece is that the goal of critical, progressive and anti-racist scholarship requires a structural reorganization of the existing glo global system of knowledge production in social sciences, right? This is, a, this is a larger fight. We need new institutions that better reflect the concerns and experiences of non-white scholars and students, especially those perhaps affiliated uh, with the so-called Global South. Yes, exactly. Just inclusion of a couple pieces of, like, you know, I don't know, certain scholars of color uh, to the syllabus, like, in one session or two sessions, that, that, that does not change anything. Right. If, if you still repeat, like, you know, saying the exact same thing that, like, uh, these are the, the, the realist school and this is the liberal school and this is, like, you know, how we have to uh, preserve the power and hegemony. And, like, we, we repeat the same issue again and again. So let me ask you about Canada. What's your relationship to Canada? So this is a very interesting question because, like you know, for, for like uh, living in the United States, like always told that Canadians are not racist. Like there is no racism in Canada. There is no uh, everybody is so nice, which to some extent is true. Um, everybody's nice um, until I moved to Canada, and then I realized. Okay, the racism is toward different kind of minority, while people are more racist toward blacks and uh, Jews in the United States. In, it was a very interesting uh, conversation that they had, like three months into living in, in Canada. I was in a party, and we were talking about First Nation and indigenous people, and one of my friends, She's very liberal. Uh, she's very like pro, uh, like all sort of like pro democracy, pro human rights. She's a fierce advocate for um, different movements um, around the world. And we started talking about First Nation and these uh, indigenous people. And all of a sudden, she said, "No, that's a different topic. The reason that they are like in, in a bad situation and that." Uh, uh, they are deprived from certain um, rights or certain uh, opportunities is because they are uh, they are lazy and because they, they just live on government handouts. Oh wow! So I yeah, there the might not be as much racism towards like the same kind of minority, but there are definitely racism towards um, uh, other minorities. Right. As, that, that was my understanding. Uh, and and it, honestly, like, in one of the, um, I think it's one of the workshops that we were together um, uh, last year, I believe one of the like, you know, First Nation people started speaking in um, the, her native tongue. And uh, a few of, uh, a few of attendees says, oh my God, like, you know, this uh, woman is doing this and nobody's understanding what she says. Why is she doing that? Yeah, Canada is not New Zealand. I mean, it's about 10 years behind in that sense. Uh, so, so yeah, we, we actually, in this class, we'll have a session on, on indigenous resistance. We'll talk more about these things. But let me just, as a last question, ask you 
uh, about yourself. So you're coming to Canada as an American citizen, but you're also from Iran. That's correct. And and so how does that position you to think about race and racism in world politics? Well, you must have given it some thought. Uh, well, yes, it's a, the, it's a, it's a strange, um, it's a strange, uh, position to be. I, um, I've often, like, you know, asked, like, people have asked me, um, when I say, like, you know, I'm coming from New York or I'm coming from the U.S., um, they often ask me, where are you really coming from? And, um, and then I tell them, like, Iran, and, like, you know, often, like, you know, after a few comments, like, oh, now it, that does make sense. <laughs> they say certain, like, you know, like, when it comes, like, you know, to, like, in topic of, like, uh, like it, there, there was another colleague of mine, like, when the, he asked me what my research topic is, and I said, like, terrorism, counterterrorism. I said, oh, okay, let it, like, let a, let a Persian, let an Iranian fix the issue of terrorism. <laughs> but as like, you know, as like, uh, it's kind of like, you know, this uh, sort of like, they call it harmless racism. I was like, oh, I was just joking. Um, but that kind of like, you know, the, the issue has happened to me. Um, actually more in Canada than the U.S. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Well, superb. Uh, this is a lovely piece. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you're contributing to this class with it. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Thank you, and have a good day. Take care, Abby. So, that was Abby Abramson, uh, the author of our third reading for today. Um, we the reason why I asked questions uh, concerning positionality is specifically tied to this term of called identity politics. Uh, most of you have heard it or used it, but only few of you probably know the full genealogy of the term. And and um, for now we'll have a session on this. But for now, all I'll say is that uh, there is no one to one match between the two concepts. Uh, and the, two, the conflation of the two can be very problematic, which is what uh, Abby was, uh, was uh, getting at uh, in, in the answer to my last question. Um, so the idea that just because you're part Anishinaabe, part Italian, a queer Muslim person, ex-refugee and a, or first-generation immigrant to Canada, uh, that should not over-determine your politics, right? Uh, we should be careful with this idea. Uh, you're welcome to disagree with me, of course, uh, but my position here is that your expressed and or recognized identity cannot tell me whether I will agree with you politically, whether we can be allies uh, or conspirators, co-conspirators intellectually. Rather, I am uh, primarily interested in what types of politics uh, you'd like to see come into existence. And this relates to a point raised earlier in this episode about whiteness and maleness. Uh, and and I respond to that problem um, uh, is that, uh, yes, uh, it's an issue, uh, but the issue is not 
with either maleness or whiteness, but with the general attitudes white male uh, folks express or fail to express about the problems of women and non-white people in the world. It's very simple. Uh, the philosopher uh, Naomi Zak, by the way, she appears in the syllabus, uh, she says the racial injustices of our time uh, are heartbreakingly uh, simple. Non-whites, especially blacks, are treated in ways that whites are not treated. And if you fail to recognize that, there's a problem. And that's the basic premise I take uh, in my interactions with you in this course. Um, on that note, do the readings this week and in all the subsequent weeks, and let's chat about them. And thank you, and take care.